Welcome everybody to today's MediaWorks Digital Masterclass um, that's going to focus on excellently executing your TikTok content. I'm glad you give me these tongue twisters, by the way, in terms of titles, Jason. It's really, really helpful. It's a good test for me early on. Um, so um, I think, as people know, we, we sort of did a did a, a session a few a couple of months ago now on TikTok, and, and due to the interest in that, we decided to put this mini series together. Last week focused very much on sort of the strategic decisions underpinning, sort of deciding to move into TikTok or not. Um, and then what we did was really we've, we've sort of, in this week we're now focusing on, on content and how you execute, how you deliver content, what makes great content. And we're going to hear from the, the, the panellists on, on that. And then it's just to highlight that um, in two weeks' time, because of the bank holiday, what we're going to do is we're going to do a bit of a TikTok roundtable so I think it's worthwhile saying from the outset that we're probably not going to be able to answer all of the questions that people ask. Do ask them. It's great that they come in. But if it doesn't get answered, don't be too disheartened because what we're going to do is we're going to collate these questions. We've got a, a stack from the previous week. We've hopefully got another bunch coming out of today. We're going to use that to shape the session that we're running in, in two weeks' time when we do the roundtable. So again, like, Please join us for that um, in two weeks' time. Put it in your diary. I think it's great to see that we've got some of the people who were on the session last week. So um, Crunchy Guile, The Inventor, et cetera. And so do a few introductions to, to make a start with this. So my name's David Norris. Um, I'm the Group Operations Director here at MediaWorks, and I'll be hosting the, the panel today. Um, Becca, I'll come to you next, please. Yes, Head of Strategic Planning, Leeds Office. Um, so my teams are responsible for a lot of the kind of inside research, taking that through to recommendations. Um, but I also look after our social team as well, who spend a lot of their time on TikTok um, work-wise, not just fun. <laughs> but, you know, um, I think it's safe to say that everyone has TikTok humour. Cool. Jess? Hi, I'm Jess. I'm junior content producer here at MediaWorks. So um, part of my role is making TikTok content for our clients. Fantastic. And then finally, last but not least, Alfie. Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Alfie. Uh, I'm a senior paid social and video executive at MediaWorks at our headquarters in Newcastle. Um, so I work across all things paid and social, of course. So that means Meta, LinkedIn and, of course, TikTok as well. Thank you. So um, as a bit of a swat, right, um, I actually I actually couldn't be here for the, the session last week. So I actually listened on, on the, on the catch-up. I was at an event in London for, for reference. So I, I listened, yeah, so I listened on the catch-up, right, and it was fantastic. Um, and I'm really conscious that you did your TikTok black hole um, conversation around people watching cats and all sorts of, of, of other things going on there. So um, people opening takeaway deliveries was the thing so the link that i'm going to throw in on that is is i think it's amazing what we get we get drawn into in terms of content and it probably just shows for me that even the start of that the diversity of the content that you see across tiktok so today as we know we we, we want to focus the shift because tiktok is challenging marketers to operate a very different way you know we've gone from a world where it was all about Producing and to, in some areas and on some platforms and in some formats, it's still about that very polished, very sort of edited, high grade, high resolution content that we're focusing on. I think what I would say is that in TikTok, we are seeing sort of the rise of user generated content and probably a bit more rough and ready in some areas. Not to say that that is exclusively the way to go all the time. So, 
I wanted to sort of dive in to to that that whole topic, and I'm going to come to you, Becca, first mm-hmm. around like the platform to do this from, because I know that one of the things that people often face is, do you do this from a personal account? Do you do it from a business account? Mm-hmm. And I think that for me is often one of the big first questions. So again, question to you would be like business accounts, should you have one? And what's mm-hmm. the benefits of having a business account versus posting from a personal account? Yeah, totally. And I think this came from a question last week um, that someone asked. And I guess um, it was just something that um, I think as uh, working in brands and companies and organisations, we always tend to steer a business account. But I was also very conscious that we probably don't always explain or don't educate people on the benefits of why we do that. We kind of... um, jump into that. So I thought it would be a good, I guess, starting place when you're really thinking about getting into going into TikTok. It's not really about creating the first video, is it? It's about literally setting up your account to start with. Um, so I think, you know, we, uh, most of the brands that we kind of work with, we definitely recommend um, a business account. And I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but I think it's about the different things that it allows you to get to. Um, and I think, you know, what we're seeing with TikTok is the evolution of TikTok is that they're definitely setting themselves up um, with more sophisticated tools for marketers and for businesses. And I think a few of those that have been really interesting are, you know, the development of their analytics. Um, you know, if you've got a business account, you can get analytics for um over a longer period of time, I think if you're on a kind of personal or a user account, it's something like um, 60 or 90 days, whereas you get much longer uh, data period. And, you know, that's a lot about how do you start tracking it over a longer period of time, understanding what's um, what's you know working, what's not working, and also being able to feed that into the rest of your marketing plans to be able to see it alongside other channels. You know, we shouldn't just be thinking about one channel in silo. It's about how do all of these work together. Um, so for us, that's a really big benefit to be able to do that. Um, I think there's other things like um, being able to sell on TikTok store. So if you're a D2C brand, um, actually being able to sell direct through TikTok, um, especially if you're using something which like Shopify, it integrates um, into TikTok and it makes, um, I would say, buying stuff a little too easy. I think Rach last week was talking about it's literally a kind of three-click processing platform um, and you've bought something. And I think... Um, we all know that I guess the really what we want to be doing at that bottom of fellow is making that as frictionless as possible. And that is what TikTok has done. They may have made that purchase um, as frictionless as possible. So again, something that if you're um, a business, especially due to city, it's really important, you know, to be able to do that and to be able to be driving those conversions. Um, I think there's also some other like little, um, I guess, little you know, little things that TikTok gives you as a business account that you don't get as other other accounts. Um, we talked a bit about, and we'll talk a bit later about some of the things like um, commercial sounds, so sounds that have been made specifically for kind of brands and organisations that are kind of clear for copyright, being able to use that, because um, I think that's definitely something we get questions a lot about is, you know, on TikTok about how do you use sound, because it's so important for, for the platform, but also being people being very conscious of copyright issues. Um, things like being able to schedule posts, which sounds like a really small thing, but if you are managing accounts, that's actually quite a big thing. And if you've um, got the ability to do that, again, that's something definitely, um, you know, that is you know, really useful to be able to have as a business account. And then I think Alfie later is going to come and talk to you about some of the other kind of, um, you know, things that you can gain access to by having a business account. Um, but I would say as well, you know, 
like I said, getting those extra analytics, you can kind of look at that um, by going into your, um, uh, there's kind of settings and in the corner, you can go into analytics and find out more about that and, you know, how the kind of basic analytics about kind of who your audience are, you know, things like followers, likes, views, um, reach and engagement, but actually getting into much deeper video analytics as well and understanding what point are people dropping off, what are people are interested in. Um, so I think, you know, generally we would, you know, recommend if you are using it for business purposes or as an organisation, that a business account will give you much more um, than a kind of user account. I think I think to come in on, on, on the point that you made there, Becca, I think, I look, where you think where TikToks came from, you mm. know, and it, and it sort of was seen very much as like, for younger demographic, it was seen as very much something that, you know, school children were doing and then, you know, college, et cetera. And it, it sort of organically has grown from there. And I think like what we've seen though from TikTok is, is a maturing of the platform in terms of the information that you can get from it. And I think that what I would say is, is that your points around analytics are, are so important that if it's ever going to be seen as something that is going to be talked about in boardrooms, like in the same way that the Google data is or Facebook data is, et cetera, is like that analytical underpinnings absolutely essential. So, you know, I would definitely be advocating sort of people engaging with that and using that to help create their business case. Because I think like TikTok have realized that if they are going to compete in that space, drive the, for example, the ad revenue and the data insights, the data selling that they do, it is like they're going to inevitably have to give people more access to the data to be able to make that case to spend more on the platforms. Uh, yeah, definitely. And all that kind of attribution, you know, as bigger as it becomes and bigger budgets come with bigger responsibility, right? And there will be bigger scrutiny on, you know, what is it providing? So, yeah, it's got to be able to do that if it wants to take, like you say, with bigger budgets. Yeah, and I have two two specific questions to come in on on the like the one we've had from the audience. One that I've got is is so I guess question that some people might be asking is how do you access your um, TikTok analytics? Would be first one, um, Becca. So I don't know if you can walk people through that. Yeah, so gosh, I'm going to have to get this up and tell you. Uh, but it's where basically within, if you go into your settings, either um, I usually do it on a desktop because we'll tend to pull the data off as a spreadsheet. Um, yeah. um, uh, so you can go into that and if you go in the top right hand corner you'll see a drop down and um, I think it's called a creator studio is that right and yeah. then uh, you go down and you'll see analytics um, but we can share a link um, as a follow up which can kind of talk you through step by step finding it perfect and then a question that's came in is how do we uh, how do you switch from a personal to a business account so very similarly to how you would do it on platforms like Instagram, again, within your settings, switching over to that business account um, doesn't take a huge amount. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a very quick, easy thing to do. Perfect. So then, Alfie, I was just going to come to you on this one around like business account from a paid perspective, because I know we talked there. By and large, I know it wasn't exclusively about organic, but I do think there is elements of that, isn't there, from a paid perspective as to why business account is fundamental to being actually able to serve um, um, paid advertising activity. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think, you know, all those points that Becca made are absolutely 100% applied to the pay side of things, of course. Um, and I think she's largely covered off those benefits to it, but I think flat out the answer to, to it on a pay side of things is purely that 
you know, you can't run paid ads if you don't have a business account. So, you know, whether or not you're running them now or you're thinking about running them in the future, it can't hurt to preemptively switch. Um, it's really simple. I think the process is just, there's a menu button just to chime in on that question. The, um, if on your profile, there's three lines in the top right corner. If you just click them, privacy, uh, settings and privacy underneath that, and then um, manage account, then you should be able to switch there. So it's quite a simple process. Like obviously there'll be some small details that are required. Um, and just confirmation of email. But again, the benefits that you get from it are 100% worth switching. And obviously, from a paid side of things, you can't run ads if you don't have one. So it might be worth making the switch now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think for me, it's even if you are thinking about doing it, I'll yeah. as well. You know, it's not to say that just do it because, you, you know, immediately before you go and go, you know, run paid advertising, it might be actually it's worthwhile setting up just in case you might in the future. Because yeah. I think the insights that you can get, et cetera, are still massively beneficial. I think that's that's another thing. Actually, I mean, I can't, I, I don't have the answer to this question. I'm, I'm the one asking it, but I'm not 100% sure if, if you switch to a bit, you know, let's say you're on a personal account for six months. I'm not sure if you switch to a business account, will you have that insight for those past six months? That might be something that's worth. I can answer that one out. I know the answer the you don't. So you get the really basic insights, but you don't get those deeper insights. Right. Post-dated. Post-dated, is that right? Historic. You can't get the historic. Yeah. You need to be able to switch over. Um, yeah. A bit like JA4, but that's um, another session, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think that's it, though, isn't it? Like, that's that's another, uh, it's a huge reason, really, and that kind of ties into that pay side of things, because realistically, mm -hmm. Before you run, you know, let's say you're running organically for six months and you want to start going into the paid side of things and and, and having that boost from paid advertising, then you're going to want a bit of initial insight on your audiences. And if you were on a business account for those six months, then you'd have that insight. You know, you've already got a solid building block and the foundation for being able to shape those audiences that you want to start pushing ads to. So, you know, I think if if anything, then that's a reason to, to make that switch, especially that preemptive side of things, because you've got that data that you can start to work off of. Yeah. And a final question on this that's actually just came in is around, is a business account free and what are the optional costs? They are outright free, I believe, yeah. So there, there's no additional costs, obviously, unless you're running paid advertising, of course. Um, but in terms of having a business account, there, I don't believe there are any outright require, requirements in terms of, I don't know if, Becky, you have any more insight on this, but there, I don't think there are literally any requirements apart from, obviously, you know, your email registered business except for your business name um, yeah. and that should be it um, I think they don't kind of coordinate off as much I know you know sometimes there are some things on TikTok that do require certain things so in order for you to be able to live stream you have to have a certain amount of followers I believe it was 10,000 I don't know if it's up now um, but there are certain things like that that you know do come into play but in order to have a business account then you, I don't think there are any outright requirements or payments no no it's just like say when you get into paid advertising yeah cool Thank you very much. So, um, Jess, I'm, I'm, I'm heads up, this one's coming in your direction. So, um, I guess the next bit for me is, right, is around like how to create TikTok video content. Like, I'm really conscious that when we got a lot of questions last week, it was quite sort of operational in terms of how to's, hints and tips, like what's best practice, etc. So, I just um, wanted you to walk us through really around sort of like. What are the apps that you could use? What are the tips and tricks you would give to people in terms of creating that video content? Yeah, of course. Um, so 
This is a very, very big question. There's a lot of kind of tips I can give here. Um, and a lot of it really depends on your resources and the amount of time you have to do this. Um, one of the biggest tips I could give to any business that's on TikTok would be use a phone with a good quality camera to film your content, um, like rather than using professional cameras, just because it gives it more of that kind of organic user generated content vibe um, and also saves time on kind of the actual production of it. Um, and planning the content is a huge one too. So um, don't just go diving into production without knowing exactly what you're going to do. Um, it's best to batch create content. So kind of doing it all in the same day if you can. Um, but yeah, so be pre-planning your voiceovers. Um, if you've got kind of a social media person that plans the content and then like videographers that would do the production side of things, it's always really good to know exactly what props and models you might need to storyboard your content as well. Um, and for me, like I absolutely love using Pinterest for that because um, you can just kind of get images off Pinterest that will um, really kind of contribute to giving the videographer something to work with with um finding tutorials on tiktok as well is probably the best place you can learn how to create amazing content and transitions and things like that um and yeah so whew, there's a lot there's a <laughs> yeah there's um also using other apps to kind of create and film your content so i would probably recommend against filming all of your content directly on TikTok. I would actually film all your content and then use an app like CapCut or Video Leap um, on your phone to create the video. Um, and then that just means that you're not kind of losing or needing to refilm any footage as often um, and any unused footage as well you could use in future content too. Okay, so just to come in on that then, Jess, like, so talk me through what Video Leap and CapCut like. What what are the what what are they about? And what's the benefits of those? How, yeah. how do you use them? So um, Video Leap and CapCut are quite similar. Um, I tend to use Video Leap. However, more recently I've started using CapCut because they've got some really great video templates on there. Um, it's basically just an editing platform on your phone that's a little bit more advanced than the TikTok in-app editor. Um, and also people can post and share templates for videos too. So if you see um, kind of a piece of trending content or you see a lot of different people using the same audio and video style and stuff, a lot of the time they might have come from Video Leap or CapCut and you can find that template on there. It just really speeds up the process in but editing. It's a bit like Tango where you just put the video footage you've done and you almost upload into the template yeah so you can find your template and then um when you click use template it'll tell you um you'll have the option to put in different video clips mm -hmm. um that will show for different amounts of time and you can kind of 
crop it um, to the part of the video that you want in there. Um, but yeah, it's almost kind of like using a Canva template, yeah. but for video, really, yeah. <laughs> They're really, really good. Yeah, a lot easier than kind of taking everything into um like After Effects or um Adobe products too. So you can really reduce the amount of time on production by using those. I think um they've got direct integration with TikTok now, don't they, on CapCut? So like I yeah. think that's something that I've been seeing quite a lot is um it's you know something that's become really popular across the past year on TikTok is these new kind of widgets. So sometimes if a popular place is mentioned, it might appear in the bottom left as that widget. So you can now see the same kind of CapCut template. So yes. I think that's also another reason that might be worth using CapCut is because you know you all you have to do is by the click of a button, you've kind of got your template there and you can just work your content into that. So that's mm -hmm. a, always a cool feature. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, okay, so follow-up questions then will be around just like, you know, in-app text features and conscious of subtitle and et cetera. Have you got any advice guidance around that? Yeah, so a couple months ago, TikTok finally brought out its auto um, kind of auto captions. So um, if you've got voiceovers, I'd recommend actually adding the captions within the TikTok app. Um, I think that kind of contributes to the whole TikTok SEO side of things a little bit better and also just makes your content feel a bit more native to the platform. Um, so yeah, always kind of be putting text over your videos within the TikTok app and then it'll just kind of look a little bit more like user-generated content and not too professionally produced. I know it kind of you want to balance the quality and kind of the content looking native to the platform um, but yeah adding text within the app is kind of the best way to do that I think. Cool and then a follow-up question well I guess my final sort of follow-up question would be around sort of drafts I feel sometimes people think think it's like a one take thing TikTok mm -hmm. and actually like just because it might look like that in some instances it's not really you know there's a lot of editing there's a lot of um, process that goes into creating pretty much every TikTok that you see out there so it's like have you got any advice and guidance around drafts and you know creation yeah, absolutely. So when you've kind of, um, you've produced your video, you've taken it into the app and then you've added your text and effects and stuff, um, you want to kind of save that as a draft um, on the phone it was created on. Now, biggest thing is if you're, if you're an internal team um, and there's lots of different people doing things on TikTok, um, get yourself a TikTok phone. Don't be asking employees to use their own phone because drafts are actually only saved mm -hmm. to the phone that they were created on. Yeah, exactly. So even if your account's logged in on two phones, that, that draft will only show up on the phone it was made on. So if you've got an employee that's kind of off for the day, but something needs posting, you really want to have that phone in the office so you can make amends and post and things like that too. Cool. Yeah. So we had three questions come in that I'm going to deal with uh, and then, then. So guess quick fire, is CapCut free? Yes. Yes. Um, I think there are options to upgrade, but for the most part, like everything you need is free. Perfect. 
Um, then another question came in saying, can you advise if you can share content someone else posted about you and tag your location? Is there a similar option like on Instagram where you can reshare uh, to stories and someone else's content appears on your own profile? Um, I was going to say that's a stitch, but I guess that's in the future you can really use like the stitch functionality and things like that, right? They don't have yeah. that kind of sharing feature. I mean, I presume there will be something coming soon, right? But yeah, yeah, you can either stitch the video and kind of make a reaction video to that, or with the user's permission, you could download and repost the video. Um, just make sure to like tag them and give yeah. them credit and stuff. Um, but yeah, there isn't a straight up share, is there? And I think that's, no. I imagine that's probably coming from a place of TikTok really pushing people to create content as yeah. well. So don't just share someone's, do a reaction to it, make that original content. They're really kind of pushing people to be creative on the platform yeah and in terms of location as well you can't directly tag places like you can on instagram um however a while ago tiktok was kind of promoting to its creators that they wanted creators to um kind of put visit xyz city as a hashtag in their posts and then it can kind of show up in things to do in that city so um while you can't directly tag locations using that in the hashtags is um a good way for you to show up for anyone that's searching for things to do in that area and stuff perfect and then the final the final one i had in this area was um a question that came in from megan which was around what are your thoughts or what are the social rules around sharing the content you create for TikTok on other social platforms such as Instagram and Facebook? I know you still see this, don't you, quite a bit in people creating clearly content for one platform and sharing another. I still see this in things like LinkedIn taking place, people sharing Facebook meta content, et cetera. So just be interested to get your views on that. Go to you first, Jess. We had discussion last time, didn't we? A few people were asking us. Yeah, I feel like... Cross-posting is always a good thing to do. Um, you can absolutely kind of download and reshare that content on different platforms. Um, it's quite funny as well because I do that myself. And sometimes I notice that something I posted on TikTok might not perform as well on TikTok. But if I put it on Instagram Reels, I'll get loads of engagement on it. So I think that's kind of covers different bases and different audiences and, you know, is going to make your content more likely to be seen, really. I feel like there's a whole bit around, frankly, testing and learning. Yeah. Here, you know what I mean, I know we talk about this on a regular basis. and I feel like we come back to this quite a lot, but I think it depends, like, what brand you are, what your audience, like, profile is, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think there's a whole range of variables in there that's worth considering in terms of, like, is it worth sharing? How is your audience going to react with that? You know, what I'd say is if you're a high-end sort of what we class as traditionally very professional um, marketplace and you've got, for example, you know, um, TikTok content that potentially isn't at that level, sharing on those type of platforms like a LinkedIn or a Facebook might not fit in. It might not actually resonate with your brand. It might not resonate with your audience. So I think... Again, test and learn, really think about that. And I think it's like, yeah, um, it, it's it's worth definitely thinking about. So, yeah, okay. Thanks for that, Jess. Um, I guess the, the other questions that we got were there was lots of questions around audio. Um, so I'm going to actually open this round up, up with um, sort of the question that came in um, on this, which is what are our thoughts 
of using the text-to-speech function as well as some of the voices available within TikTok? I think, again, it's kind of a test and learn thing. Um, the text-to-speech feature is amazing. Um, and if you don't have anyone there to create a voiceover, it's a really good feature to use. However, I think things just sound a little bit more natural and concise if you can actually record a voiceover. Um, and you can say more words in a shorter amount of time if you actually say the voiceover as is as well. It just it just adds to that kind of user-generated natural feeling. Um, See, I'd say the opposite of Jess. I'd really? say I think the, um, the text-to-voice is... Uh, to me, it makes it feel like more native to TikTok because it's not something you see on a lot of other platforms. So it kind of feels mm-hmm. like that TikTok vibe and it kind of, a bit like, you know, you were talking about the captions overlaid and stuff like that. Yeah. It feel like a very TikTok specific. Um, I quite like the little computerized voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it really is down to preference and it's down to your brand too. I mean, there are other options as well. So you can speak a voiceover and then... Um, you can actually apply the text to speech voice onto the voiceover. Um, so it like changes your voice. And that's a really interesting one. It works quite, quite well in like funny content because um, a lot of people will say something, but if they want it to sound a bit funnier, they'll use kind of like that wobbly voice over instead, um, if that makes sense. But yeah, no, it's down to preference really and just experiment and test and learn. Cool. So I guess then just generally, how have you got any advice and guidance around how to handle sort of sound and audio on TikTok? Really conscious that like visual aspects, one aspect of it, but TikTok's really sort of, I think one of the big differences in it has been that the level of creativity you can have around audio, sound, et cetera, in the way that people approach it in the platform. So any tips, guidance, et cetera, that you'd give? Jess, I'm coming to you first. (laughs) Yeah, so when you're planning to create a TikTok um, and you're kind of finding an audio to use before you've filmed, I would recommend having a look through kind of the target audience communities um, and your own feed first to see which um, sounds you're hearing the most of. And if you click on a sound, um, it will show you every video that has also used that sound. So, um, it's say, yeah, so you can find a lot of inspiration behind those tagged audios, and you can also find out which community is using that audio. So, um, one particular audio might be performing really well with your target audience. So, you want to try and plan content around that. Um, and then, kind of with audio licensing and stuff, is kind of a tricky one. You can use the online Facebook, um, online TikTok creator studio, sorry for finding audios that you can use in your content and paid ads if you're a business as well. Um, And you can also run copyright checks on your content before you um, post the content. So it will check that everything's licensed and you're not going to be kind of violating any terms by using that audio too. Okay. Um, So I guess on that sort of, we talked about trending, we talked about sort of, um, 
we talked about licensing and and sort of the the legal aspects to that. Sort of what are the the sort of guidance you would do to to select the audio that you're using? What is the process that you go through? Like walk me through that, Jess. Um. So kind of if you go onto the Creator Studio, you can search by trending audios and um, kind of industry wide trending audios. Um, I tend to pick an audio before you start filming um, so you kind of know what to um, film to as well and what kind of the vibe of the video wants to be. Um, In terms of kind of the production side of it as well, if you've chosen your audio before you start filming, it means that you can film your content um, with transitions to the beat of the audio and things like that as well, which just kind of helps with that dynamic aspect of the content you're making. Okay. And then then guidance around like the split between music and voiceover and, and suggestions around that, because again, like, you know, people will be trialing different things in this space. So, like from experience, have you got any any hints and tips there? Yeah. So, um, if you're kind of if you're putting a voiceover or text to speech, and you want to use an audio behind it, which I'd recommend doing pretty much all the time, um, you want to adjust the audio behind the voiceover so you can actually hear the voiceover. And I think it's it's simple, but it is something really to look out for and make sure you can hear what the person's saying. So, um, if you're using kind of a voice spoken voiceover and music I'd change the volume of the music to about f- between five and twenty percent depending on how loud the song is um and if you're using text to speech because the text speech is a little bit louder um I'd increase kind of the volume of the song um I'd put it around 10 to 30 percent volume behind that um, and that just makes sure you can hear everything that's happening okay. And then, Alfie, I'm going to come at you next around around how that works for paid advertising. And we've got a question around like um, that I'll start with actually, which came in from Tilly, which is around um, you recommend using a form film content. Is this the same for paid? Because I do see the likes of ASOS, Very Next, etc. Will use a professional camera setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think so. I'd still recommend using a phone for some of the content. A bit cryptic, I know, but. You know, for paid advertising, we will see big big brands like ASOS, like you mentioned, do that more PGC style advertising. And it's a lot more conversion focused. It's very professionally, you know, it's, it's the kind of ad that you, you see the exact same replica of on, on Facebook or Instagram, for instance. So PGC content is um, necessary from a paid perspective, purely, you know, we come back to that test and learn strategy and that test and learn and the insight that you'll get from that is, is, is essential. Um, and purely because of the fact that it's it's an advertisement, right? You know, just because whilst a lot of the content on TikTok that we do see is is very raw and lo-fi, like we say, and, and user-generated, doesn't mean that on the advertising side of things, that traditional content, that professionally generated content won't work. It does work. Um, but again, you know, having that split of some user-generated content and then professionally generated content is really good because what you can start to do is draw up those comparisons, right? So you might find that from a a conversion perspective and a lower funnel sort of strategy that the PGC stuff is going to work a lot better, um, you know, because it's it's very much reminiscent of that, like I said, Facebook, Instagram advertisement, and then sort of from an organic and or a higher funnel perspective, sorry, like an awareness reach side of things, 
your um, user generated content that you're pushing from a paid side is going to work better. So I think it's just about it's all about balance, really. Um, definitely run your user generated content, but also supplement with a bit of um, professional generated content if you can as well. You know, I think the whole a key takeaway from that is fluidity, really. You know, if you can't, if you don't have the budget or the time to do professional generated content, that does not mean that you can't run paid ads at all. Start with your user generated content and then work your way up from there. Um, I think in terms of, you know, because I know we're talking a lot about kind of audios and, and the audio side of things on organic, those same kind of rules apply that uh, I think Jess ran over. I think they largely apply to paid. Um, I think one thing that's worth considering from sort of a paid advertising side is just be twice as careful. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're strict, like they're not very lenient on audios on paid and, and you know, for obvious reasons, purely from a copyright perspective and, and, and all of the implications that can have on your account um, are quite negative if you don't listen to them. Uh, so, you know, just make sure that you're checking that your audience, uh, your audio, sorry, are licensed. Um, use that audio library on TikTok, you know, use it to your advantage. Uh, and if it's a user generated audio, um, just make sure that you are licensed to use it or that you can use it. So, you know, just keep an eye on it. And I think it will it will perform and you'll do well. Yeah. I think as well, it's about using the metrics to guide you, isn't it, as to what works as well. You know, seeing what performs, what doesn't perform. It goes back to a bit of A-B testing, in, in essence, um, or multivariate testing, I think, is just to see what works and what gets the best engagement and understand mm-hmm. sort of, what the point is of that that particular content that you're producing? Is it as you said, for that low funnel conversion based stuff, or is it actually this is designed to be awareness based and make sure that you're using the right metrics to measure the types of content for where they're actually fitting in the in the sort of consumer journey and um, process. You know, yeah. it always it's a frustration of ours. I know from we've had conversations about this previously, Alfie, in terms of paid is is making sure you're measuring with the right metrics at the right stage of the funnel. Like, don't just Go oh, well. That didn't work because it didn't convert. Well, it didn't convert because it was awareness based. Yeah. You know, it's like we've got to understand that whole process. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Yeah, that's a massive point. You know, we've got there's good metrics to use on TikTok as well, and I think one thing to always consider is that this is such a heavily engagement focused platform. Like the main metric, if you had to pick one for the platform, is engagement because that's what it's all about. So. You know, pay attention to your watch times on videos. You know, we can see that from paid. I know you can see that from organic as well. Your average watch times are 25%, 50%, 75%. And then what you can start to do is go into those creative insights. And you can see on trending videos and top performing ads, the exact second or average second that people or consumers start to drop off um, and the average watch time of that. So that will give you a massive gauge to, you know, okay, well, in the tech industry, people are dropping off on average at six seconds in a video, and then you can start to use that to your advantage. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, utilize those metrics because there's a lot of them, and I know it can get overwhelming, but, you know, just keep it simplified at first and align those metrics to the, the stage of the funnel and then um, and work upwards from there. Cool. Um, I'm going to take this question, actually, now of just quickly, is do business accounts have access to the same audio options as uh, personal accounts, e.g. popular songs? No, <laughs> no, but it's a good thing because it's going to not get you in trouble for using the wrong audio. Um, in fact, if you've got a business account and you click through to an audio that isn't licensed for businesses to use, the app won't even let you save that audio. Um, so it kind of just adds that extra layer of protection in making sure. Um, the only thing is, though, there are some times where 
um, an unlicensed audio might slip through the cracks. Um, for example, if someone's done a slow version of a popular song or remixed a song. Yeah, so you've got to be super duper careful because sometimes they are savable and usable, but that doesn't mean that you should use it. And that's why running the copyright check and toggling that off and on switch for the copyright checks before you post um, is just going to kind of help with that too. But yeah, not not the same audio options, but it's a good thing, really. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. And then, then I'm gonna, we're going to lead now onto, um, and, and I don't even want to say this. I'm not going to lie, Becca. Right? I don't want to say TikTok SEO, right? Because I think it can be it can be quite misleading in the sense that I think like we've got to understand that like TikTok isn't seen traditionally as a search engine, but the search functionality within TikTok is definitely moving in that direction. So I just wanted to put that on the table before I get lambasted by my colleagues in SEO, like once we come off this call. (laughs) But I guess like from a search perspective then within Mm -hmm. TikTok, what are the things that we need to be thinking about? Yeah, and I think, like I say, that it's not a primarily a search platform. It is not going up against Google, you know, at the moment. It's at um, the moment. That's the key. At the moment. <laughs> um, but I think what's interesting about it is they have managed to do more in search than other social platforms. So obviously, um, yeah, Facebook for quite a while they had, um, I think it was called Facebook Graph. They had a big focus on, which was around trying to encourage people to use search and search functionality on Facebook. Twitter tried for a while with kind of keyword, and I think that's probably where we got to the best with keyword targeting in social was kind of Twitter. Um, but I think um, you know, we are seeing that TikTok are making moves around that. So, um, you know, we can see that they're talking a lot more and providing a lot more um, insight to businesses around the kind of keywords that you want to be using in your captions, um, overlaying on your um, subtitles or closed captions, I just said. Um, using hashtags um, and really it's I guess really it comes from a place of search anyway that you're just trying to get the best content to the people that are interested in it that's purely really what search is isn't it it's just about trying to match your content to the user and one way it can kind of scrape that is just looking at certain words um, so I think that's the first thing to kind of think about is actually what are those kind of words and keywords that people will be interested in and will kind of group your content where you want it to be seen. So is it skincare? Is it food? Is it, you know, is it B2B? Is it, I don't know, for example, I was watching things about, um, I was working with a client about recruitment in TikTok, things like that. So what are the kind of areas um, that you need to be thinking of? Um, so I think putting, um, you know, you're getting those keywords in, planning what those keywords are, but then thinking about them, the kind of captions, voiceover, um, hashtags. And I think um, also, again, another good way to think about this, but again, this isn't just purely TikTok specific, is what the kind of things people want to know about your category, your industry, your product. And that isn't always just about answering someone literally typing into TikTok, you know, what does this skincare product do? It's just people are interested and that's the kind of content they're engaging with. So thinking about it from that point of view. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think it's really about trying to help TikTok categorize where your content should be sitting and who it should be getting delivered to. So using that as kind of a way, you're essentially helping TikTok work out what your content is. So thinking about it from kind of that point of view. Um, and it will be interesting to see where they go with it, whether they will really focus in on 
you know, searched or whether it is just about making that algorithm a bit more transparent because most social platforms are, you know, notoriously bad with letting you know what is powering that algorithm. So whether um, they'll push it further or whether it is always purely just going to be an algorithmic play. Um, I think there's a really interesting, uh, going back to your point, David, about people using it as a search engine, there was a really interesting article on The Guardian about a guy that tried to use TikTok as a search engine for seven days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was Google and he didn't use being TikTok. And it didn't work out well for him. Struggled a bit. So <laughs> it's not quite that yet. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, look, I think that the, the, the fact that we're even talking about it shows the direction of travel that mm-hmm. definitely shows consumer behaviour as well or user behaviour in the mm-hmm. sense that people are using it, like whether it be reviews or whether it be sort of getting opinions and, and trying to find things in a new town or as part of the travel, etc. I think it's like it's quite interesting to observe mm-hmm. the way that people people are using it. And I guess like... That is something I don't think we can overlook. And I think as marketers, it's something we've definitely got to consider um, and factor that in as part of the process. Alfie, sort of from, from your perspective then on that same question around the search from a paid perspective, sort of, do you want to walk us through that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think you're completely right, though. We can't ignore this kind of thing. And and this is it's been solidified by TikTok themselves. You know, they're the ones that are also paying attention to it as well. So you know, whilst there's nothing that's set in stone and that's out now for, for paid advertising for like search ads, um, what they have been doing is they've been beta testing these ads since uh, March in 2022. So, you know, a select handful of advertisers got the opportunity to uh, run TikTok search ads, ad, sorry. Um, so, you know, this was literally exactly the same way it would work on Google or, you know, a slightly more adapted way, let's say. Um, and they bid it on keywords, uh, and all of these ads will show up in the, in the search results on TikTok. So, you know, that alone is enough to give you that kind of that affirmation that TikTok are proactively trying to make this happen. Uh, and this is, you know, one of the first times that we've seen a, a, a social channel start to try and compete with, you know, the big boy Google on um, on search ads, you know, because it's, it's a rare case for something like this to come around. And not many social channels have the opportunity to be able to be able to even do that. Sorry, and um, so you know, I think that's great that they're doing it. They are still beta testing it, um, and you know, they haven't really spoken up on when we've got a date where we can everybody can start running these ads. Sorry, but you know, like I say, that's it's great affirmation that they are doing something about it. Uh, I think the insight that you could get into those keywords as well, you know, was they they were giving insight into which keywords in the, this ad were you know boosting your click-through rate which one was boosting your conversion rate and being able to then kind of reverse engineer that and start working all of those keywords into your even your organic posts is something that could you know it could do wonderful things for your account i think so look i think there's nothing like i say set in stone at the moment and there's nothing that everybody can use but in the future there will definitely be something you know and that's been confirmed by the fact that they're consistently rolling out these tests for search ads on our unpaid so yeah we'll just keep an eye on it really and i think it could be something good yeah i also think there's a bit there where we can potentially use it as a way of, of taking the insights as well from tiktok and applying them into our google accounts you yeah. know or our big accounts or microsoft accounts as they are now it's like i think we can't like overlook that because again like if somebody's searching one thing in one platform it's likely they're going to be searching for something in another platform using the same language etc which might be insight that you can utilize to actually sort of drive those conversions etc but like i'll go into we could talk about that for another about 20 minutes i won't go into that but i guess like finally i just wanted to come to you all for, for sort of i guess final points around any sort of 
handy tips or hacks you'd recommend for TikTok? So, Becca, I'm going to come to you first for your hack or, or, or a bit of advice or thought to leave people with, I guess. Yeah, I would say, I think my biggest one is think about how you can understand what people are interested in and looking for. So I think using things like, um, even things like Keyword Planner from Google tells you what people are searching for. Things like Also Ask, Answer the Public will tell you what people are interested in around the topic. So, and then that's putting that into practice from firstly the kind of content you create. But secondly, if you're getting to that more kind of tactical, what kind of keywords or what kind of captions, things like that start to include them from that point of view. Um, so, yeah, definitely use, because like you said, David, the likelihood is that, you know, there might be searches that are quite similar across platforms. So make sure you're using more advanced insight from other platforms to feed TikTok. Yeah, I think just on that, I was at a Google event last week, and mm-hmm. one of the statistics that Google have been rolling out for about six, seven, eight years is that 15% of all searches within Google were new searches, mm. i.e. were searches that had never been searched for before, mm. either in a multitude of ways or the pattern or the language being used. And I think like that has been the same statistic. And we all thought that the way that AI worked, et cetera, that we'd actually see a sort of, you know, a, a more homogenous approach to, to language and the way that we were approaching things. And actually, it's not slowed down one bit. So I do think the point you make there about thinking about the language that we use and the insights that we can take from other platforms, et cetera, and then rolling them across TikTok or rolling them out of TikTok into other platforms is 100% something we've got to be considering because, as I say, we're still seeing those, that the, the language used, the search approach uh, changing on, on a regular basis, as I say, about 15% a year. So, you know, it's definitely worth considering. Alfie, coming to you um, next. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a few that I definitely recommend, um, sort of tools-wise. Um, Ad Library for your competitor analysis. Um, that's sort of on that Creative Insights page for business accounts or the business centre. Sorry. So again, I know we've kind of glossed over that a little bit. That can give you a breakdown of industry-based top-performing ads, uh, funnel-based top-performing ads, so you can see what the best awareness-performing ads, conversion ads are, and then that gives you a really solid idea of what you need to be doing. Um, I'd probably look at the new products page as well that they rolled out only a couple of weeks ago. You know, we covered this off a little bit um, last week, but you can see the top-performing products on TikTok um, and average sort of return metrics of this as well. So that's another set of insight that they're, they're heavily working on. And, you know, you can really start to utilize that because if your industry falls under some of those top performing products for, you know, the past 30 days, then you know what you need to be doing. And it's tight, it's all go, all systems go. Um, and then thirdly, something that, you know, not everybody does have access to, but I'm conscious that there may be some brands or people in here, sorry, that have accounts that will have access to it, but the reach and frequency planner uh, which is in beta so again completely randomized on which accounts get this so you might have it you might not but um you know really useful for doing that audience analysis and scope for paid advertising so that will give you your average cost per thousand people reached when you build an audience um, and then the average frequency of that audience as well so again all for gauging those paid advertising campaigns um three sort of tools that i think are definitely worth using Thanks very much, Alfie. And then finally, welcome uh, to, to Jess. So any, any tips, tricks, et cetera, that you'd like to share? Yeah, so a couple. First one would be um, batch creating content. So um, plan a day where you film as many things and as much content as you can. Um, that'll save a lot of time um, compared to kind of filming individual videos across the month. Um 
another tip would be when you're out and about um just kind of like living your life and you see something that relates to your brand or is quite atmospheric atmospheric and aesthetic and things take a little video of it because you never know when you might need just an extra clip in there somewhere to add to a video um so kind of gather yourself a little bit of an asset bank and then finally have fun making your content because if the content was fun to make then it should be fun to watch and that's what people go to that platform for and yeah just have fun and it will show through within your content cool well thank you very much everybody for your contributions i always finish these sessions by um sort of five takeaways so i scribble and now it's my test if i can write it read my own handwriting which is always the interesting bit right so i think number one would be like I think we were unequivocal, really, in setting up a business account. Um, if you're running from a business, I think we were pretty firm on that in terms of it gives you better access to analytics, allows you to sell direct through TikTok. There's a whole like functions and features around that that, frankly, are just better than the non-business account, the, the personal version. So do that. I think number two was use your phone rather than high-end recording equipment, particularly for organic content. Um, it, it just looks more authentic and and sort of more native to the platform and therefore generally gets better engagement. I think number three would be develop content plans um, and not just sort of a structure around content ideas, which I think sometimes people do, but also around sort of content production. I think, Jess, you've talked about there about like batch production days and making sure that you're doing this and the consistency around doing it with like a shared phone rather than a single phone and things like that. Like you need a plan around it if you're going to do it. Otherwise, frankly, it can become really expensive because you essentially you're making lots of errors. Like the trial and error factor will simply just cost you a lot of money. I think number four would be use the right metrics to measure performance. Like dependent on whether you've got paid for or organic or where it sits in the funnel or what you're actually trying to achieve with that content, I think it's a, a really important factor. We talked about this where we said about measuring things at the right stage in the funnel, like using the right metrics to, to measure performance, I think it's a bit important. And then finally, and I think like this is a really interesting one that we're definitely going to carry on into the, the session that we've got in a couple of weeks' time, which is around sort of the keyword element so, you know, plan your keywords and think about how we utilize some of those sort of tried and tested SEO techniques within the TikTok platform and vice versa. I think like we talked, whether it be from a paid search perspective or an organic search perspective, like TikTok's investing heavily in this space and it's showing no signs of going away. And we know that it's one of the largest search engines for particular demographics, et cetera. So I think we can sort of deny the fact that the direction of travel is only in one direction so again be aware of the developments in there and take your learnings from one area into another i think like i'm really conscious that there's still questions to answer but we're not going to be able to get to them all but what i would say is and again to keep people coming back for more in two weeks time because of the uh, holiday weekend coming up um we are going to uh, run a round table session where the various people that have been involved in these sessions today are going to be involved in a discussion around sort of key topics. So again, there'll be audience opportunities in that in terms of asking questions and, and sort of getting responses, etc. But we'll take any questions that have gone and answered and roll them into that session. So all that's left for me to say is, is thank you very much. Um, for those in the UK, have a fantastic uh, bank holiday weekend. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in two weeks' time for the roundtable. So thanks very much to all the panellists. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.